On today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, grading Nick Casario three years into his tenure as the Houston Texans general manager. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Friday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use promo code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Game Time app. I am your Texans football analyst, John. Some sports guy Hickman, and of course, joining me as always is your sports illustrators, Texan credential media member, beat reporter. All of that brought to you yes, guys, sir. Cody Davis. Thank you guys for stopping by for today's show. If you are new to the Locked On Texas podcast, be sure to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texans podcast on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast as well. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Today's show. We're diving back into the YouTube comments. That's going to be fun, of course. We're grading Nick Casario three years into his tenure. But we're kicking off today's show looking at the Texans bringing back players due to injuries and filling out this roster. Uh, Thursday, Juice Scruggs was placed on IR, so he will miss the first four games of the year at least, along with (laughs) – I know it's rough – along with punter Cameron Johnson – uh, Johnson, excuse me. So the Houston Texans did bring back Michael Data, sign him to the practice squad. I expect for him to be activated soon to the 53-man roster. Of course, we talked about Mike Boone and Corey Littleton also being signed to the active roster as well. So between Cameron Johnson, I'm sorry, between Juice Scruggs going on IR and Houston bringing back Michael Data, a player who I was shocked and surprised a little bit that they moved on from him after the preseason you got Jared Patterson, uh, who we'll talk about a little bit. The Texans bringing back players, Cody. What does that mean right now? Um, well, you, it really means more so for this offensive line. And look, I know in the second segment we're going to talk about you know Grady Nick Casario going into um, after three years, but you know. The one thing I would give Nick Casario in terms of this offensive line, the man is trying. You know, I mean, he couldn't foresee the fact of losing Scott Quisenberry and, and Juice Scruggs and Titus Howard. Now, look, we already talked about it all yesterday. The man did say that it was somewhat of a possibility that they could lose Kenyon Green, um, dating all the way back to May. However, um, this 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 guy is trying, and I do like the sense of urgency that Nick Casario and head coach. Miko Rise is doing, trying to make sure that they try to beef up this depleted offensive line as much as possible. Because the one thing that you and I've been harping on a lot is the fact that week one, regular season in Baltimore, you will be playing with a rookie quarterback, a rookie quarterback who we definitely believe has a bright future here with this organization. However, you want to make sure that you set him up right. And I like the fact that they brought back Michael Dater. Uh, I know that might be a shock given that he was one of the guys that I kept saying it ain't looking good throughout training camp. However, I go back to that drive, um, the final drive of that Saints game. 
where the Texans played their starters and I saw how well that offensive line was working. The offensive line was able to help CJ Stroud move the ball down the field. Same thing with Damian Pierce rushing the ball, moving the chains with his legs. Like that is what you want to see out of the offensive line and bringing back Michael Dater more than anything brings the little bit more stability stability because you definitely saw that all five of those guys were starting to get on one accord and that's definitely one that's definitely what you want stability and chemistry yeah so looking at michael data coming back the next question guys is what does this mean for uh, Jared Patterson. If you guys remember coming out of Notre Dame, Jared Patterson has experience at both left guard and center. The two major question marks right now surrounding <laughs> this team now that King and Green will be out. Michael Data is coming back. However, excuse me, however, you're looking at Kendrick Green coming over from Pittsburgh. Is he a debt piece or is he a guy that Houston is going to try to actually give him an opportunity to win over maybe that center? or guard position you also again looking at jerry patterson who is a damn good center when he was in at notre dame also very good at left guard one of the things that i like from jerry patterson when i go back and look at some of his college film and that game against the saints this past weekend uh i like that he always has his head on the swivel and so this allows for him to be very good at picking up the blitz and i love his hand usage and placement uh, along with uh, a very good kick step for inside office of London. So I like that, that element for, uh, from Jerry Patterson's game. Houston does have a dilemma on their hands simply because you got two weeks. You got a week now, honestly, like, you got less than two weeks. <laughs> you got, you don't have a lot of time uh, until September 10th. That's rolling around in nine days. Right. And so looking at what Houston had to do, it was a smart decision, of course, to bring back Michael Data. He was a guy that at the very least understands what this team wants to do and execute. And he's been out there with Damian Pierce. He's been out there with Devin Singletary. He's been out there with C.J. Stroud. So that makes sense. And I wouldn't be shocked if week one we see Data as a starter. That center position as of right now, I think it's for Jared Patterson and Jared Patterson's alone. Honestly, I mm. think throughout the next – you know, a few days of practice, guys. Uh, Jared Patterson and Cody, you'll be out there. So, whatever information or whatever you see, of course, is going to be brought back over to the Locked On Texas podcast because he is your beat reporter, right? But <laughs> I think he will go out there and win that job, right? And I think that whenever Juice comes back, Patterson's play it, it may make him startable, and maybe not at center, but depending on what we see in those first four games. Now that Juice is going on IR, and this is a situation, maybe look Houston looks at it like this. Okay, you know what? We kind of mismanaged Kenya Green. If Juice isn't 100% ready, we're not going to do it twice in the same Boy. span of a month, right? So it may be, maybe he sticks on IR, uh, but hopefully you want to see that young man back. I also like Houston bringing data back because at the very least, you get an experienced veteran out there with – who I presume would be your starter, Jared Patterson in center, a rookie. And so uh, we, we talk a lot about Houston and, and Nick Sirios failing to get ins insurance, bringing data back, may not have been that big insurance payoff check you was looking for, right? Mm -hmm. Whenever you get into a little fender bend, it may not have been that 1200 that you was looking for. 
but it's a cool $800 and you'll be able to do something with it. So that's some good insurance along that offensive line that has Larry Tunsil, vet, Titus Howard, whenever he comes back. George Fenton is going to hold down that right tackle position. So that vet will be over there. Shaq Mason, vet. You don't want too many youngsters on that offensive line. I like it. And I think Jerry Patterson, uh, like I said, is going to win this starter position at center. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. Listen. You can bet on everything from the spreads, the player props, and much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. And just an opportunity to go out with a new group of guys, set a new standard, set a new coaching. Uh-huh. Talk to Mitch. I think it's kind of the same thing. All, all the guys and characters we got in the locker room, I'm ready to like, get on the field and let it run out for us. Well, y'all heard it here first, man. We're ready for week one. Make sure y'all tune in, man. Watch these boys ball out. Hey, man, go test. Appreciate y'all, boy. Appreciate my brother. <laughs> that boy, Clack. Come on, man. Come on, man. Full circle to be the, you know, the captain of this thing, man. It's, it's exciting, man. I'm fired up. Not too many times you get an opportunity to be the head coach of the team. You play for and I get to work with great players like yourself. That makes my day even better. <laughs> one more question, coach. What values as a player that emulate your coaching style? Hard work, mm-hmm. right? Dedication, mm-hmm. just that, that that drive to be the best at what you do. Right? We don't want to be satisfied just to be in the NFL. We want to be the best at what we do. And that's what we strap it up in. And that's the drive I'm looking for for my players. And I can attest to everything he said. <laughs> Great coach, even better person though. Yeah. Even better person, excited for the Mr. year. Mr. Man, right Excited here. for the year, Coach. Appreciate it, baby. Excited, baby. Thank you. Yes, sir. Have a great- Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Friday installment of Locked On Texans, which you guys just heard, which you guys just saw, was Damian Pierce, the quote-unquote new Texans team reporter. The Houston Texans had an opportunity to hold their second annual season premiere at NRG Stadium, and Damian Pierce did a phenomenal job switching over to the media side. As a matter of fact, after everything was over, I pulled DP to the side and asked him, hey, you, you trying to steal our job? or something like that he said man i'm thinking about getting a little side hustle in the media business so (laughs) damien pierce if you run across this look me and john we've been holding down locked on texans for what about four seasons now yeah we will be honored to have you as our third co-host i'm just throwing it out there absolutely you know one thing i like about damien pierce man energy it's oh infectious. man the energy man (laughs) the energy oh it's by the way by the way Talking about Texans media members, you was the very first one to learn about that energy that he had. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out Infectious. there. <laughs> hey, when I talked to him way back when, it, 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 At the it, senior it transferred goal. over to me. Mm-hmm. I brought it to y'all, and now he's in the city of Houston. And and one thing that you really enjoy about Damian Pierce is really his openness. Uh, and it seems like he never met a stranger. So, hmm. you, you know, as a, as a reporter, Cody, you can attest to this. That's one of the things that you like from a player because uh they'll go they'll bounce off with you with their energy so i love that out of damian pierce looking at three years in 
Nick Casario's tenure so far? Oh, man. How are we grading him? If we had to grade him, let's say, let's let's take it back to school. A, B, C, D, F. And, and by the way, this is the school we grew up in because now they got the grade <laughs> skills all kind of weird. Like, yeah, I, in, 80, uh, in 81 is an A for some kid. No, yeah, 80 I, I, to 89 is a B. <laughs> 90 to 99 is a A. You know, we're not going to curve. We're doing a regular. No curve. No, no but, curve. And we can also put incomplete as well. I'll put incomplete because there's been times where we got the paper back and it say incomplete. But look, man, if, if I could grade Nick Asario as of right now, heading into his third third year, I would say a C. A C plus at that. Um, I understand the last couple of days we've really been harping on Nick Asario how, you know, regardless how you feel about um, Kenyon Green, you know, let's call it what it is. It was a missed opportunity. Traded back um, in the 2022 draft to draft that young man, and he hasn't panned out as of right now. You know, and Nick Casario, he has had a lot of misses more than hits. And some of the hits that he had, i.e. drafting C.J. Stroud, I wouldn't necessarily give him that in terms of grading him because, look, you had the number two pick, and it was either Bryce Young or C.J., so it wasn't really, you know, nothing that you could have messed up as of right now. Um, I still believe that it's hard to grade him from the 2021 draft class because, as we all know, that's when the Houston Texans draft capital was terrible. Your very first pick came at pick number 69, and you had to use it on the quarterback, <laughs> given everything that was going on with Deshaun Watson. You know, and look, I well, Bill O'Brien did a number on the Texans. <laughs> boy, I tell you, boy, I tell you, they finally, they finally tried to clean up that mess from that entity, but you are still reaping the benefits. Oh and look, Davis Mills, I understand it. He's part of the reason why you have to go out there and draft cj stroud however i still think drafting cj and 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 getting somebody like like um nico collins in the in in that 2021 draft pick when you had arguably if not the worst draft capital of the entire league i would definitely say that nick casario did a really good job handling things that was outside of his control especially how the way he was able to maneuver that whole situation with deshaun watson trade him get a lot of draft capital however the one thing that concerns me about Nick Casario is the things that he can control. That's where I say it's a lot of misses. You take a look at the trades that he was able to make, and a lot of those players that he brought in, Viva Trade or Free Agency, did not pan out. John, you already know how I feel about this a lot last year. You had moments where you brought several guys into this organization that could have helped the production of this team last year, i.e. the Johnson brothers, i.e. when you brought in – um. What's my guy named? The running back that they cut. We all thought for sure without a shadow of doubt. Marlon Mack. You brought in Marlon Mack. Like you brought in some qualities, guys. I'm not going to sit here and say that they would have got you into the playoffs. However, they would have saved this organization from being a laughing stock that they have been over the last two seasons. However, you brought these guys in, and it seemed like you did not give them a fair opportunity. So that's why I say, as of right now, grading Nick Casario, I would give it a C. In my opinion, there's still a lot of moves that that he has made that we're still like, okay, how is this going to play out? And I think going into the 2023 season, the biggest one is Darius Stinkley Jr. You yeah. drafted him one spot ahead of your boy, Amal Sauce Gardner. Yeah. You know, remember when Nick Casario uh, traded Bernard McKinney to the Dolphins for Shaq Lawson and Shaq Lawson didn't make this team? 
on the another team. Another one he had control over. Yeah, uh, <laughs> or remember the um, the extension for Rex Burkhead in the middle of the season? Remember that? So I think a C is fair, honestly. A C for Casario mm-hmm. is fair. Uh, I, I would go as far as to say if I am, and this is me really kind of judging on the curve, a C plus would be fair. I think the plus comes in how this offseason has went so far. Uh, regardless of how we felt about the Kenya Green and, you know, wh- whether or not Derek Stingley is going to pan out, which I, I think we all believe he will, mm-hmm. uh, this offseason was pretty good, right? Landed D'Amico Ryans, put together with D'Amico Ryans a hell of a coaching staff. He gets credit for that. He gets credit for bringing in, you know, uh, on the same page with D'Amico Ryans. I think he gets credit for that. Um, how they went about free agency, Dalton Schultz, right? Uh, you, you look at uh, one of the more under, underrated moves was making sure that you kept Steven Nelson. That oh, was yeah, most um, definitely. You bring in Shaq Mason, you trade for Shaq Mason. Uh, the draft, as you mentioned, uh, but Cody goes back to what you said the things that he his decisions and he has overvalued picks, right? I, I mean, he's made trades, and those trades is kind of like, what are you doing? Uh, maybe you could have got this player for a cheaper price or when the player was cut. Uh, he's also the, – the draft has been questionable, right? 2021, that's in a dream. 2022, Stingley, I think, is going to pair out. Uh, Kenya Green is going to be a huge mark because Kenya Green was the first of the Deshaun Washington trade package. Yeah, he was. Right? He was actually, he was that, that very first the, draft capital. Right, so – uh, that's a question mark. You still got to attach David Cully. You still attach Levy Smith <laughs> to him, honestly. Um, and, and you still attach when he arrived, not immediately, if not firing him, removing all of his power and say mm-hmm. so in Jack Easterby. Yeah. So. Which I would, I wouldn't put necessarily all of that on him with the Jack Easterby thing because that went a little bit deeper than Nick just coming. I that's just wanted true. to throw that that's out That's true. There. And if we go back to some of the things that was going on behind the scenes, that's 100% true. Mm-hmm. I also hold how Nick Serio has truly failed to not only examine, but bring in NFL talent at the receiver position since he's got here. Mm-hmm. Honestly, um, I, I, I think that coming from where he's came from in New England, I know this from experience. The amount of undervaluing of the receiver position is ridiculous. And if you look at Nick Casario's tenure so far, he has failed to adequately bring in real talent. At the NFL, at the wide receiver position, go back, like you said, to the Johnson brothers, Tyron Johnson, and was it Tyron, Tyron. Tyrone, and mm-hmm. something like that? You better call them. Mm-hmm. So, neither one of those guys, they went through ramp up periods for three weeks. Neither one of those guys had an opportunity to do something uh, for this team. And this was a team at one point, I think they had four healthy receivers on their roster. Mm-hmm. Right at the start of at the start of um last season, this was a team that at one point prioritized Rex Burkhead over much better options. And because of them doing that, you got to ask yourself, well, why is Rex Burkhead here in the first place? Well, the year before got that contract extension, I think in November or December, something along those lines. And so 
I, I will not take away what Nick and company has been able to do this offseason. But I will put on his plate when judging him, hey, man, you have really failed this, this offense by not bringing in some good receivers, honestly. And, mm. and we got to wait to see what, what this receiver group does. Robert Woods, I think, is a guy that I would expect to have a decent year for who he is as a receiver. Uh, Nico Collins is the guy that I'm, I'm, I want to see and I'm forced to see him actually do it this year because there's no more Davis Mills as an excuse. There's hmm. no more Pep Hamilton. There's no more Tim Kelly. There's no more none of those excuses. This is a year for you to, at the very least, 800 yards, six TDs. Right? I think that's the bare minimum for Nico Collins. But outside of Nico, and I don't even think – we can place Nico in that category yet because he's only had three touchdowns and I think 500 total yards since he's arrived in the NFL, something along those lines. So he hasn't blown away. And you look at some of the players that could have went in that spot. You traded up for Nico Collins. You traded up for John Mitchell. You traded up for some of these players and they have not panned out. C-plus is fair. I think by the end of the season, that will determine whether or not it's a, it's, a, it's a B and above or a C minus, and we may got to talk about your tenure here for real now and 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 your employment moving forward. But I, I like what he's done so far this offseason, and I think this offseason was a good addition to the foundation building off of last year. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of the sports music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guaranteed. Listen, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have at some of these events. Forget planning for months, planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and much more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find a ticket in the same section or row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. You cannot beat that. So download the Game Time app and create an account. Use promo code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Welcome back in, Locked On Texan listeners and viewers. Before we close out today's show, Cody and I are taking a trip over to the YouTube section of our lives. YouTube comments, Cody, my man, Reggie5108. I don't understand the King cut. This is about Desmond King. Is it just about cap space or what? I'm confused from a talent and depth standpoint. Would you like to take that one? Yeah, um, Desmond King, of course, was the biggest surprise um, for everybody, especially when you take a look at, you know, I, I guess if we could put together like a top 10 player over the last two years, I think Desmond King would definitely be on that list. He's a guy that really stepped up um, regardless of what was going on with this organization over the last two years. However, I was told that there were some things going on behind the scenes that kind of played into the decision to cut ties with Desmond King. So I'm not going to get into all that. However, it, it was a little bit more than the X's and O's and everything that took place 
on the gridiron. However, speaking of Desmond King, he did get picked up by the Pittsburgh Steelers. So maybe that could be somewhat of a revenge game. What is that going to be? Week four of the of the um, regular season. So, but you know, shout out to Desmond King was really a, a, a really solid player for this organization. This is David Williams 912. And not only David Williams, but it's a you know, I saw a few of these comments on on YouTube and on Twitter as well. Uh, Trey Green. Uh, listen, here's my stance on everything. I think an NFL player, unless you're Alex Leatherwood, um, I think an NFL player deserves three years. And actually, actually Alex Leatherwood has been in the lead, I think, three or four years now. <laughs> but uh, I, I think what makes the Green situation so worse is that the number on his jersey is 59. You got 59 North is where he's from. And you come to Atascacita and Umble. And so being a hometown kid, because when you look at the other hometown kid who we don't talk about, because we don't have to talk about him in the same light as Kenyon Green, mm. Jalen Petrie, right? And so Jalen Petrie is a fan favorite, and he's a hometown kid, and he's loved. And, you know, mainly because he had a stellar rookie year. He's on pace to be on have a stellar sophomore year, maybe Pro Bowl, maybe All Pro. Who knows? But the difference in those two players is one is panning out, the other one isn't. But I think it's unfair to say trade them right now. And here's another thing, right? There are things going on that y'all don't need to know about. But if we are looking at the situation that Houston Texans are currently in, scrambling to try to figure out how they're going to get this offensive line depth taken care of, I don't think trading Green whenever he can be tradable, right? He's out for the year, cannot be traded. But I don't think whenever Houston comes back, and whenever he comes back and he's ready to play ball again, I don't think trading him is smart simply because at the very least, unless some team comes calling, and they're offering something that makes 100% sense for Houston to move on from them. Uh, and and I, I'm still a guy that want to see him do well. At least give him one more year in Houston to see if he can pan it out. But they, they're going to need at least need some bodies on an offensive line just in case, right? And so uh, I'm against trading green. I am. I, I'm, I'm with him taking the year off. I wish it wasn't a full year. I wish he would have got an opportunity to showcase his improvement or lack thereof, right? We don't know if he was going to go out for 17 games and play 17 games or, or, or whenever he came back, be healthy enough to be effective for his team. But let's just hold off on a trade green talk, right? Just hold off on that. Oh, here's a good one. Black Rain. 48-7. You guys need to stop saying the Texans don't have receivers. Let these guys play and develop. Texans are the only team that don't play their young players. Can't keep bringing in players on their downside. All I hear is complaints before these guys ever play. Go through the process and stop wasting draft picks. Oh, listen. (laughs) I mean, like, okay, this isn't a team where you got Tom Brady, he can pretty much do everything with whoever's out there. Right, it's not that mm-hmm. case. Not the case with Aaron Rodgers, and even with Aaron Rodgers, for the most part of his career, he has some good receivers out there in Green Bay. Houston has failed to bring in top talent or draft top talent at that wide receiver position. Right, so I know a lot of you guys are holding on hope for John Mechie. 
I am too, but the facts remain right now. John Mechie, I think he had 10 yards total in the preseason. Didn't play that last game, right? And so, yes, we can count what he can be against this offense because we haven't seen it. Nico Collins, high hopes. However, like I mentioned, 500 yards or so, maybe 600 and three touchdowns in two years. Everybody else in the NFL, when you look at how they're taking these quarterbacks that are young and building around them, what mm. are they doing? Getting the number one wide receiver. And putting significant talent around them. Even when I look at what's going on in Tennessee, right, they traded for DeAndre Hopkins, and last year they drafted Traylon Burke. And so mm. we have to be honest and, and honestly say the Houston Texans wide receiver group as a whole is underwhelming. To this point, and I think that's fair. I think if there's one receiver that hasn't been underwhelming since he's arrived to Houston, <laughs> has been the player that's been in Houston for the past three or four years, right? We look at Tank Dale. So everything else, it's underwhelming. And even for Tank, he hasn't played a regular season game yet. So we still got to pump the brakes on that as well. I'm not going to take too much time on this because – I said this yesterday when we talked about the wide receiving core. I feel better about it now than I did going into training camp only because I can see the growth and potential in someone like um, Nico Collins. Um, I was, I, I think Noah Brown has been, in my opinion, better than advertised. The amount of times I actually seen him go out there on the practice field, showcase what he can do. And, John, you already said it. You know, the one guy that's basically been blowing everybody away since rookie minicamp basically has been Tank, Tank Dale, a guy that's basically been in the city of Houston over the last three to four years. I feel better about it. However, I just wish they still had that go-to wide receiver because the one thing that I would give this wide receiving group on any, on any given day, any one of these receivers can step up and be C.J. Strauss's primary target. And like I mentioned on yesterday, I think that's going to be a good situation for the Texans because they're not going to be in a position where you say, okay, let's double-team DeAndre Hopkins, get him out the picture, and let a rookie quarterback in Deshaun Watson go to work and see if he, he's able to spread the ball around. No, you, you, you're not going to have that, and I think that's going to be better for the Texans. However, with a rookie quarterback, you want to make sure that you give him some of the top-tier talent at that position and john to your point what is something we have been seeing a lot of teams do i mean just take a look at the buffalo bills once josh allen made the statement that he was going to be that team franchise quarterback what did they do that same offseason they went out and got stefan Diggs. now hopefully that situation you know end up being a little bit better than what it was been going on throughout the offseason but we have seen it time and time again however to that same point maybe CJ Stroud showcased that without a shadow of a doubt he is this team franchise quarterback rather this year or next year that we could finally see Nick Casario or whoever the general manager is go out there okay let's make sure that we boost up our wide receiving core yeah i don't think it should take for you to wait uh, well, I'm, like I said, I'm only, I'm, a, I'm, I'm only just just based off how the NFL been going over these last couple of years. I mean, just take a look at Jacksonville with, with Trevor Lawrence, and then next thing you know, you go and get Cavalry. Well, Well, with Jacksonville, when Trevor Lawrence first got there, they also had an Urban Meyer that kind of blew up everything. Like so, when I own, and, I, and I'm looking at, I, I just think in, in modern football, 
how the receiver position is valued, Nick Asirio has done a very bad job. And you know who else has? His boy, Bill Belichick. Uh, thank you guys for listening to today's show. <laughs> Make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Subscribe, like, and comment wherever you get your podcasts as well. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. I actually got a new follower today, my man. Uh, plays football. I think he plays college football somewhere. I'm going to go find this tweet, man. He tweeted me uh, earlier. Um, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> can't find What's it. That, Bill Belichick. Oh, Thomas. Thomas Schrader. Shout out to my man, Thomas Schrader. Mm, and um, hey, it don't matter. It didn't matter who was was lining up for the wide receivers in New England. You had the goat. It don't matter who he played with. He was the goat. Yeah, that but was, that was four years ago. <laughs> but as always, Cody M. Davis. Follow me on Twitter and at Cody Davis underscore score twenty four. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. <laughs>